0: back. You're watching Stockwatch with me, Julieta Televi. and joining me to take your questions this evening are David Shapiro from Sassman Securities and Wayne McCurry from f Wealth and Investments. If you'd like to send questions to us, please SMS 41392, email stockwatch at bdtv.co.da or tweet us at business day TV using the hashtag Stockwatch. Wayne, David, good evening to you both. Uh, Wayne, I shall start with you tonight. Uh, not a great finish for the JSE today, but yeah, you know, we've not been doing too badly over the past few sessions. Um, and I suppose there were some, uh, there were some major fallers and major gainers, um, and uh, yes. the fallers being Tungela, uh, MTN, and Telkom, um, gainers All being uh, Standard Bank. Um, maybe let's start off actually with with telcom because there's quite a few questions already, so we might as well launch straight into yes. it before we talk about the broader market. Um, and uh, the, the two questions that we've had so far are, now that that Telcom MTN distraction is over, would it still be prudent to hold M- uh, Telcom in the expectation it can begin its house value unlocking by separately listing OpenServe and or gyro, which is the the towers uh, or the property business? Would that not ultimately be better value for shareholders seeing MTN was looking for a bargain um and also does ending the talks with mtn justify a 20 percent drop for telcom surely there are exciting prospects for this company in the future notwithstanding um for example it's fiber prospects
1: you look the problem with telcom and that's the problem with Salt C as well is that you roll out 5g they just haven't got that sort of cash and if you haven't got that sort of cash to have your own network, you've got to piggyback on one of the two other big players. And the moment you piggyback and share their network, you lose margin. So mm. I in the in the cellular business, I, I honestly don't think Telcom and Seltsy are viable standalone businesses. There might be some value unlocked by Telcom getting rid of, as you said, the tower business and other businesses. But... That's not big cheese. You have got to be a gorilla in this game to really flourish. And neither of them are ever going to be gorillas. Hmm.
0: David, I mean, would, would you agree with I, I, uh, with, with Wayne that, that you're not going to, hmm. even if you had to come into Telcom now, um, hmm. that, that you wouldn't see massive value unlock anyway?
2: I, I can't see Rain unlocking it in any big way or if there are any other suitors around there. That are going to do that and i don't know whether rain has got the kind of big numbers uh deep pockets that telcom are going to need nor does telcom have it to say exactly what Dwayne said you know to make them a big player they're not going to be the big gorilla in the room so all they can do is kind of chew off little bits here and there so um and and even a deal with with rain i don't know I don't, you know the uh, telecoms valued what 30 billion odd or or thereabouts i'm not quite sure um I, you know i'm not quite sure where where rain's going to come in so I, or is telecom valued at that level i'm not sure but i mean uh i i for me i i don't know what was going to come of this deal i don't know what the shape was going to be but obviously there was going to be a lot of work which uh, MTN would have only done if they had exclusivity. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't go and put professionals on a deal and then find that uh, they're sneaking around the corner and courting somewhere else, you know,
0: mm.
2: in the back drive, you know.
0: Okay. But MTN, <laughs> it's curious to me that... to that. It's curious to me that MTN shares did what they did today. Were there other factors involved there? or Were people genuinely disappointed yeah. that, that actually Telcom would have been a, a good asset for them?
1: Look, yeah. I think telcom would have been a good asset. You pick up a lot of you pick up a lot of subscriber pace, you pick up a lot of actually good quality network. I mean not not uh, not a sell network, but good quality network. So I actually think it would have been a good asset. So the you know fall in the Telcom share price didn't surprise me because they were actually buying a reasonably good assets at a very good price.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right. So um so do you actually see any deal materializing? And would that mean that you should keep an eye on African Rainbow Capital, which of course is I guess the listed entry point into rain?
1: Look, buying telecom's the cheap part of the gap. That's the part that's cheap. It's if you really <laughs> want to develop telecom and get a get the network out there, you have got to have serious cash. And I, I don't know if rain and and African Rainbow have got that level of money.
2: Yeah, yeah. Just, Juliet, I looked up. Telecoms at seventeen billion. Yeah. So telecoms at seventeen billion market cap. Yeah, um, and I think I think African Rainbow Capital thinks that rain is worth eighteen billion as well. <laughs> so uh, that's value. That's not cash. You need actual cash. You know what I mean? You got you got to go to the bank and say it's worth eighteen billion. Please lend us eighteen billion. say, no, no, we're not going to do that." Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so look, I've, 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 Wayne, sorry. Sorry, mm-hmm. I've
1: got no. Doubt, I've got no. Doubt rain can find the capital to buy telecom, but as I said, that's the that's the cheap pot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, and you saw. I mean, I don't know. I mean, now we've got the the chart of A- African Rainbow Capital up on screen. It fell eight point four percent today. Do you read into that anything to do with what? transpired today between Telcom and NTN that, in other words, people are worried that Rain's going to go after Telcom and they're thinking, oh, no, we can't see this happening. Is that what we infer from that share price performance today?
2: It could be. Yeah, it could be. You know, one can't can't really value African rainbow capital. It's been all over the place. But I think that is a worry that they might just be spending a lot of time and a lot of money on something that's not really going to give them the rewards. Mm.
0: Okay, the other share that I mentioned at the start was Tungela, um, and it fell eight mm-hmm. percent today. Uh, the question is, the price um, is the coal price under pressure, or is it the Transnet strike? Do I keep it or sell it? When?
1: Yeah, look, the Transnet strike is actually very, very low uh, in the in the valuation of the share. Sorry about the phone ringing. Yeah, there's nothing. And they wanted
2: to come up. down for supper already. Yeah, right? I mean. I do know. <laughs> Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's but, uh, it's Wayne's dinner call. I mean, um, everyone's, everyone's now looking at their watches, thinking, "Geez, I actually I'm hungry." <laughs> They're going to switch, going to their glasses of well, wine.
1: Could very well be, but no, just uh, try and get the the strike is actually a very small factor in the valuation.
0: Mm. Yeah, I would have thought so. Um, and yeah, and that's uh, not good news. um. Uh, so, is, is the coal price? What's happening to the coal price? I mean, is that one of the factors all, uh, behind?
1: All commodity prices are under pressure in this environment, and that's why I'll hold off trying to go in and buy any uh, buy any resource shares right now because commodity prices are coming under pressure in you know, a in a in a slowing global growth environment.
2: Um, David, I mean, a lot yeah. of money's been made on Tangela, a huge amount of money, and. The margin to take profit is there uh, in this kind of environment, so I'm not, um, you know, I, I actually think that a lot of this could be attributed to profit taking. I don't think there's anything in the market that suggests that coal prices are going to collapse. You know, they will be, they will remain volatile, but and there's a, you know, there's there's every reason that they could make some very good profits again this year. But I think you have to understand this is a share that's up like 250%. Hmm. So if you want to go elsewhere, you're looking to put your money elsewhere, I think there's a huge amount of profit that can be taken.
0: But just on Tungela's dividend yields, um, and hmm. I realize that it is historic, but given what the share price has done, the, the retracement that it's experienced, I think, I mean, the dividend yield is now massive on this thing. Yeah. Yep. Uh, do you think that's going to entice other buyers in? So maybe you have people taking profit now, but actually that's, is a valid reason to buy the share
2: it remains attractive from that point of view definitely absolutely no no doubt about it so i i would just watch the short-term weakness very carefully uh it went weak it recovered it's gone weak again so there's obviously some players that want to get out and are taking profits mm. but uh you know i wouldn't write it off completely
0: yeah okay sorry about uh, the lack of graph there uh there's a question on quilter um and it says viewer says, it's been a disappointment. Does the panel rate it as a good buy?
1: I would Excuse be me. cautious. I'd rather buy 91. Mm. I would much rather buy 91. This- yes, you- Oi, if oh, it's you not dinner, so, I- if it's sneezing, I- this is a... <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: this
0: show is the wheels are rapidly falling off tonight, boy. Um. Okay, so... Um Wayne, uh, why would you rather buy ninety one than Quilter? What is it in particular about ninety one's makeup that you
1: prefer? I think it's a better operation. They've proven themselves over the decades now as an extremely good asset manager, can manage assets, you know, through through many, many cycles. They are obviously one of the, the top asset managers in in South Africa, but obviously 91 is mainly an overseas best, but they're certainly one of the top asset managers in the UK. You know, Quilter has been a little bit of a disappointment over the years. Mm.
0: Mm. David, I, mean- I mean...
2: Well, they've all come under pressure. Even 91 has been showing some very short-term pressure. But I think one can understand, Juliette, we're operating in a in, a, in an environment where people are universally bearish. You know, it's so hard to dig out any kind of bull. And I think it's not only it hasn't only hurt the uh, equity markets; it's hurt bond markets as well. So wherever you've been, uh, they've been—you know—you've been under pressure. Even the hedge funds, uh, these, uh, ha, you know, have, have suffered dramatically. So it's bound to reflect on the profits of 91 Coronation Quilter, yes. and so on. Mm-hmm. But I agree with Wayne. I think that 91 is a is a top quality in uh, you know, a house, and out of, for choice, I'd rather go there as well. Yeah.
0: Look, I do actually want to stay on the subject until we get a share price graph of Quilter coming up on screen. So um, there we go, uh, down 5% today. Um, is to some extent the fact that Quilter is much more UK focused with UK customers, uh, whereas 91 has a spread um, of South African, UK um, assets and, and South African and UK customers. Um, is, is that actually in 91's favor, ironically, um, w- whereas maybe in the past it would have been a disfavor, its, it's emerging market status. But given mm. the, the, just the, the, the torrid, <laughs> the craziness that is taking place in the UK, the inflation rate, the cost of living crisis, the, the politics, that anything sort of particularly focused to UK customers is, is going to be treated badly by the market for the foreseeable future.
1: Well, yes, but I mean, obviously, the UK will recover from this. The the a lot of the a lot of the craziness is being reversed or has been reversed, and will come out of the system. And the pound has recovered a little bit, so you know, there's not as much as much of a stigma around UK assets now as what they were two weeks ago when all of this started to happening. And it's all very short term. I mean, all of this essentially is politics and, and political promises. And you know, I don't think the the current leadership in the UK will be there much longer. <laughs>
0: no, no. I mean, you know, the race is on between Liz Truss and oh, little, a lettuce. Because, given the economists'
2: perspective. Only a Chelsea manager doesn't, you know, doesn't last as long as Liz Truss. That's all. But I mean. You know, I have
0: to say, Chelsea managers like, actually last longer. I mean, and that's saying something. slightly
2: longer. Yeah. Very shortened life. Yeah
0: okay well so, uh, yes uh, mm-hmm, uh, um mm-hmm. if we can move from uh uk asset managers to uh south african property groups there's a question on redefine um and the question is i bought redefine over 24 years ago it was meant to be Wait. for widows and orphans um and even <laughs> at the 2008 crisis the price did not drop below six rand a share we've got great dividends i bought the share for eight rand it's now around What's going on is redefining financial trouble. The dividends are also dismal. Any hope of recovery? Have literally lost half of my capital. Um, That's a terrible story, actually, and I feel huge sympathy to the to the viewer.
1: Yeah, well, 20 years ago there was a property boom. where all the property companies were operating. Well, not all of them. Most of them were operating at premiums to net asset value. Property for the previous 20 years or the previous 10 years, was of the best-performing asset classes. So unfortunately, you bought at the peak.
0: Mm. Although, mm. I don't know, having said that, Redefine, I feel lost its way for a... Or, a mm. Redefine, in particular, seemed to have kind of... Uh, d- despite the, the Doyen, I mean, uh, 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 I suppose... Mm. Um, uh Mark Weiner you know who who headed yeah. it up the late Mark Weiner um it it's just gone nowhere for a very long very long time and and it seems to have done worse than its peers
1: It probably has done worse than its peers yeah
0: David um I suppose it would be huge. It's of huge disappointment if the share price itself has gone nowhere. But you have to take into account the dividends you have received over that period. Mm. So it's not mm. all. It's not all a terrible loss. It's not great, but it's not all. Not all was lost um, in this particular holding.
2: Not at all. If I go back 20 years, I'm just looking at a chart in front of me now, um, and it's fact set. So and it's a total return chart that it. Your average return has been eleven point eight percent per annum over twenty years.
0: Well, so, that's um, damn good, yeah, right?
2: which is which is quite remarkable.
0: I mean, is this a, so, is this a, a sellu- Is this a, a tale to investors to not only look at the share price performance in, absolutely. in isolation?
1: Oh, look, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Mm, go, you're sorry, mate. Yeah, certainly with property and bonds, you can't just look at your capital i mean your your distribution's an integral part of that you know when you when when you buy a startup tech company you don 't worry about the dividends but with the with a property company its you know, it's, it's a clear part of your investment
0: mm. yeah okay
2: i wayne 's going to help me on this one because um, I think a total return what they do is it 's not like you take the dividend i think it's a reinvesting the dividend as well i think there's an assumption i'm um, I'm guessing in this respect. So you don't just yes. take your dividend and, and no. go and spend it on chocolates or something like this. You know, you actually use a dividend we're to reinvest, reinvest in the share. share. Mm. So if you would have done that, and of course we're not looking at tax or anything like that, that according to the, the chart in front of me, it's eleven point eight percent per annum, which is a pretty good return. Mm. You know, over twenty years.
0: Yeah. Okay. We don't um,
1: look into this more yet. Yeah? okay so
0: so maybe the viewer shouldn't feel so so disenchanted um okay what would you do at this point now if you've got uh, and and there has been a it's been bad for dividends since covid or maybe a year or two before covid you've got a, a share price that's kind of gone nowhere would you just cut your losses now uh or would you just stick with it
1: Look, all of these property companies are still trading at big discounts to to uh, net asset value. Um, dividends aren't going to grow for the next two or three years. They, they're just not going to. But you're still buying them at a very, very high initial yield. So I, I wouldn't sell out now.
0: Okay. Uh, a viewer who <laughs> no doubt caught all the sneezing, Wayne's telephone calls, whatnot says... <laughs> Best comedy show on TV, so I'm not sure if that's a, a slighting reference to a lack of entire lack of professionalism, but we appreciate it well, nonetheless.
1: Maybe it's the only financial program that doubles up as a comedy program.
0: Oh, wow, well, yeah. Um, right, and there's a question, speaking of long-term holdings, on Old Mutual, it's not trading at lower levels than when it listed in the early 2000s at 13 rand a share. Is this a sign to buy or to run away fast? Um, Wayne, uh, I suppose you have to take into account the unbundling of Koeuter. Yes. So, so you can't look at the share yes. price now in isolation, can
1: you? And you also got to take into account the massive value destruction in the first few years mm-hmm. when they went to the UK. I mean, they destroyed money hand over fist there. At the time, I think it was the the biggest value destruction of a South African company going overseas and buying many, many, many things. I mean, it was atrocious. So you must only look at the share price sort of on the consolidation back to South Africa, because that's the only way you can truly evaluate what the share has done. Look old mutual that the valuation of the share, it looks cheap. Mm. But I think it's going to unfortunately stay cheap.
0: Mm. I mean, David, yeah. I, you know, the viewer... Uh, uh, yeah, sorry.
2: It's, it's all of them. You can put SunLAM in the same category, even though SunLAM has done significantly more these companies are trading at very low values and uh, something's got to turn and something will turn in the economy and that. But for the meantime, it looks like just, uh, you know, bumbling along there. Certainly in the next, in, in the present environment, it's very difficult to turn this around. People haven't got money. They haven't got money to buy the products and so on. Banks are doing far better as Wayne tweeted today on Standard Bank. Yeah. But um, I think I think some of these companies who are selling financial products or selling products that you don't really need or you got they've got to be forced down your throat you know for you to take them i think it's it's going to be a bit of a turnaround but but we have seen in in old mutual massive value destruction mm. and uh you know by going overseas it, it was an absolute disaster and uh they came back with a tail between their legs but still they've got a very strong you know very strong brand in south africa yeah. that they have to start building on
0: i mean maybe if, if our, our control room can bring up the chart from 2018 because mm. 2018 uh, uh, was essentially when they came back i mean and you also have to take into account the the, the global financial crisis of 2008 when i think i mean i seem to recall old Mitchell going below three rand a share is that mm. possible yes I remember everyone saying oh this thing's gonna go out, <laughs> out of business <laughs> um didn't but it's still not a huge recovery from then mm-hmm. um so i don't know if we can get the chart up uh, if not i shall move on um I'll move on. Okay, there's a question on first rand. Uh, speaking of uh, Standard Bank having done really well today, what's the share price outlook for first rand over the next 6 months in view of the grey listing threat to South Africa? Is it likely to reach 70 rand? David. Uh,
2: 70 maybe, that's about 70. another 10% up, even 15%, 15%, sorry. But uh, Wayne hopes it gets to 70 Rand, but I mean, it's, uh, you know, for the meantime, I think that's going to, you know, it's going to be a hard ask. I, I actually think our market's going to turn, you know, I think within the next year or so. So I'm wow. not as pessimistic. I think there is a good chance that it could do that simply as sentiment improves in the global economy once we get past uh, this peak bearishness or this peak hawkishness, which I think we are starting to see signs of that already. So I I don't think it's impossible to do that, mm. but I mean at present you know as we as we have to digest inflation and all the bad news, it's uh, you know one can become uh, overly pessimistic. But it 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 can happen fast.
0: I mean we discussed this a couple of weeks ago, and we mm. wondered uh, aloud mm. at the time whether or not the grey listing was reflected in the share prices of South Africa's banking assets. Mm. Uh, do you think it is?
1: Look, we mustn't overstate this grey listing. It's a little bit like going junk status. You know, this was going to be a death sentence before we went junk status, and when you reflect back on now, nothing actually changed. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nothing changed, quite frankly. We just now junk status. I mean, the bond rate didn't change, the rating of our banks. Nothing changed. It's, in fact, people even don't even discuss junk status anymore. It's true. So we mustn't overstate this grey listing story. I, I don't think it's. If it happens, and I mean, who knows if it is going to happen? Um, And and, and the the grey listing is not about our banks. Mm. It's not about the Reserve Bank. The grey listing, essentially, when you look at the whole act and what it's trying to do, it's it's terrorism, financing, and money laundering. It's not the reflection on the integrity of the South African banking system
0: no it's a it's a reflection on the integrity of the prosecutorial system, which is uh, yes. uh, you know an absolute mess and unfortunately the poor banks can tear so, their hair out so if, it,
1: if it does go gray status, I actually it might cause a shock on the day or the week that it happens, but our banking system is sound and well capitalized
0: okay. All right. There's a question on uh, the panels via person process. David, have you? Yeah,
2: I'm, I'm. I mean, getting, are you warming
0: I'm, towards it? I mean, you've got all these buy recommendations. I had a look at the Bloomberg consensus yesterday on process. I think there's 19 buy recommendations, um, and I think the the target is about 1,500. No, there was
2: nothing that Mr. Xi said that uh, that filled me with enthusiasm for the Chinese market, and I'm afraid this is going to continue. You know, the fact that he's going for a third term and is going to be anointed, I think we're going to see continual pressure on those tech shares, although there is a tech war developing between the U.S. and, and China, and they might relent, as they've been doing in Hong Kong now. Suddenly Hong Kong is opening its its borders and trying to attract people back there. But for the meantime, I think China is becoming a very difficult area in which to invest Saw Tencent down four percent today. And I think that's going to reflect on both Nice and Process, mm. despite all the other businesses as well. So I'm 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 indifferent, you know. I hold them, but I'm not expecting a lot from them.
0: I mean, Wayne, you have been keen on them, given the discount that they at which they trade, but if ten cent yes. starts really crumbling in mm. value, does that alter the 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 investment thesis entirely? I mean,
1: obviously obviously if Tencent starts to crumble. But I, I don't think I think the worst is over. I don't see a huge upside for 10 cents. So the upside in that passing process is essentially bringing the other businesses that they got, other than 10 cents, to cash flow positive and profitability, and either selling them or listing them and truly unlocking value. And at the end of the day, all of that boils down to food delivery. Okay.
0: And then a, a quick question before we get to stock picks on Robex. It came through late last night. Um, what are your thoughts? The cost has gone, uh, the, the share price has, has dropped from highs of over 40 rand a share that we saw earlier in the year. It's now a good time to get into the stock, David?
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, it, you know, having seen Marion Roberts' statement, oh. having looked at Wilson and Bailey, um, even Afrimat, and that, it's a difficult area. It's, it just seems to be difficult, and uh, we need the spend. Uh, I, I've, I've always had respect for our construction companies, but they battling and, uh, the fact that they start looking for other areas in which to make money. And Robex has held its, you know, has held up well. I think if there were two that I had to go, it would be both Robex and, uh, Afriman. But, uh, I think just things are acting against them at the moment.
0: I mean, Wayne. To some extent, Robex uh, share price reflects what has happened to every SA Inc stock. Mm. What we've seen in banks—it's—it's—you it, know—it has been a very tough market. Oh, yeah. um, and because Robex mm. has managed to have decent cash generation, which is clearly the issue yes. now bedeviling Marion Roberts. Um, there must be a massive hole in their accounts. Well, um,
1: yeah, I mean, Marion Roberts isn't a construction company anymore. It's a mining company. You know, it's not okay. got very little to do with construction. Robex Rabex is an extremely good company that's done, the last set of results were quite good, but I would sit back a little bit now in a rising interest rate environment. I would just wait a little bit.
0: Okay. All right. So in a rising interest rate environment, although luckily South Africa's inflation rates has come down a little bit and we are lower than the UK inflation rate, which is now over 10% um, <laughs> for a change. Uh, David, what uh, would be your stock pick this evening?
2: Well, my best company came out with their results today, ASML. They would just knock out uh, results in a very difficult environment and their sales are up um, just the order book at record levels and also not going to be affected which the market thought it would be by uh, this ban on on you know supplying to the chinese and they say they can find other markets but if the share the last time i looked was eight percent up in europe but i still think this is a you know still a very good operation that uh has a long-term future ahead of it? You know, still very strong long-term future.
0: Yeah. Okay, uh, Wayne, how about you?
1: With with no collusion with David, I was actually going to choose ABSM, <laughs> but I decided to choose <laughs> another, another acronym called CMH, Combined Motor Holdings. Oh yeah. yeah. in the last the last set of results that came out were were actually very very good, but that's not why. I mean, motor car sales are not going to do well in a rising interest rate environment. But I think the car hire, which is where there's big margin, I'm very positive about foreigners and tourists visiting South Africa with the exchange rate, with what's happening in Europe, escape the winter, get away from all of those problems, come out to sunny South Africa, it's cheap. I think I think they're actually going to do very well in that environment. And the share is cheap and it's got a high dividend yield. Mm.
0: Right. Well, we shall leave it there. Right. Wayne, you may go and have your supper now. Uh, David, I don't know. <laughs> You've been the only, the only person who hasn't done anything terrible during the show, so I'm not quite sure what the <laughs> evening holds for you. But thank you very much for joining us. Both uh, David Shapiro is from Assessment Securities. Wayne McCurry is from F&B Wealth and Investments. And we'll be back with Stockwatch tomorrow night, same time, same place. Have a good evening. <laughs>